Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 18, Episode 2, Thanks for Nothing. I need to go ahead and say right out the gate, that was a joke last week. I was totally kidding about Cody and his ear-piercing history at the end of the last episode, but it turns out I was right. I'm sick of being right. Well, I feel like, have we reached 10,000 hours of watching and recapping this show at this point? I'm pretty sure we have. It's Destiny. It's just linked in there. I mean, we were asking Payton if he has group texts with his siblings a year and a half ago. Okay. (laughs) When someone mentioned that on the Discord, because I didn't remember it, that was a long time ago now. I thought it was a passing question at the time. What a pointed question. Maybe he got a little nervous. He's like, what do they know? What did they hear? <laughs> he thinks that we like, we bugged their phones just like Mary thought. Look at me. I am the catfish now. <laughs> But for real, thanks for nothing, TLC. How are you going to tell us about these texts and not show them? Not a single screenshot. Nobody came with receipts at all. I'm just going to float this out there. Anyone who was in this text thread. If you are listening, I'm going to make you an offer. Send us info about the text threads, screenshots, whatever you're comfortable with. We will respect your anonymity. No one needs to know that you were part of handing this information over, and we will distribute it on the podcast. Yeah, hand it over and nobody gets hurt <laughs> or something. We will not pay for it, though. I don't know how to negotiate. But the TLC description for this one is, Christine and Cody struggle to keep things cordial. Then, Cody regrets the family being separated at Thanksgiving, and Payton updates Christine on a situation between the kids and Robin. While Aurora gets her ears pierced, Cody reveals part of his past. Hilarious that everyone thought that this was a mistake, 
and that it was actually Ari who was going to go get her ears pierced. But no, 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 no. That is indeed the storyline that Robin and Cody are delivering to us this season. When somebody referred to Aurora as 240 months old, (laughs) that was when I lost it in the Discord. I have a little episode rewrite for us. Let's hear it. Cody suggests marriage counseling 10 years too late. The Browns kick off the holiday season with a festivist airing of grievances. Rora gets rewarded for her blind obedience. I don't think Cody could do the feats of strength for Festivus, though. Not against Janelle's kids. Hunter would take him down. And Garrison. And I think Gabe is mad enough that he could take Cody down now, too. That would require him to participate in a family activity with his non-Robin children. So it's not going to happen. Yeah, we're not really interested in that. He would lose because he wouldn't show up. Forfeit by default. Thank you. I don't know sports terms. I don't know. I'm just stringing stuff together here. Before we get into this amazingly juicy episode that TLC treated us to after that horrible, lengthy recap of last season that they played off as episode one. It's a little dry. Let's chat about a few announcements. If you want to join us over in the virtual cul-de-sac at patreon.com slash surviving pod, you can listen to seasons one through 10 of Sister Wives. We have recapped them all painfully one at a time. You can also join us over there to chat on our private Discord channel. Are you not sure about how to connect to the Discord channel? Be sure to read your welcome email when you subscribe to the Patreon. It has a fun little link and a way to connect your Patreon account and your Discord account so you can get in there and start chatting with us. We have been doing live watches of the new episodes when they drop on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the Discord. So that is where you'll want to be if you want to join us for that. It's been fun. Lots of conversation. Lots of gifts flying around. Plenty of things pointed out that you may overlook just on a regular viewing. We also recap episodes of shows outside of the Sister Wives universe over on Patreon. We just dropped a recap of 90 Day Last Resort. That was a good one. Aside from talking about all the people who are very abusive. But they were tending to abuse each other at some points. So that made it okay, I guess. Two wrongs make a right. Three wrongs. How many wrongs are in there now? Shall we get into the episode? Yeah, I think it starts off with Cody being angry. Does that sound about right? <laughs> we are back at Salsa Brava, where we left Cody and Christine. He is really, really angry and just flipped out on Janelle. Yeah, I remember the uh, fire pit fight where he was yelling at Janelle and she almost did a walk off. Then she circled back for more. Hasn't been going well. Christine's like, tell me something I don't know, because this man is always mad. Cody's starting to think he might have anger issues. And Christine is so confused. Why are you so angry? If everything's going your way and everything is the way you want it to be, stop pretending like you're upset that people are leaving that you don't want to be around. Just accept that and move on. How different would this be if they had just mutually said, look, we grew up in a cult. We were encouraged to get married early and young. We picked each other. We picked wrong. We had a really, really tough time. We somehow managed to create a family. And now we're not happy with one another. So we're going to get divorced. I don't know. That doesn't make Robin look too good, though. And I think that's the main goal here for Cody now. For anything. Make Robin look good. He doesn't even want to be here. Having this conversation with Christine today, not because of her face, because that kind of irritates him a little bit too, but 
Because of what she's telling her kids about him, he still believes that Christine has been creating a narrative, a false narrative, about him and spreading it amongst the children so that they turn on him. Where Christine has to explain it, where she is a sounding board for the kids, where they have issues, they will come and talk to her, and she will listen because she's a supportive mother. She's not planting ideas in their heads. Again, these are adult children who can kind of put the pieces together and make their own conclusions. I think we're all pretty clear on the fact that the children who don't want to have a relationship with Cody anymore don't want a relationship with him due to his own actions. There's plenty of merit just in that reason. And that's kind of the whole theme, I think, of this episode. Christina's so tired of hearing this whole story from Cody. She's like, I don't think about him as much as he thinks that I think about him. So that's when she has to ask Cody, well, do you still hate me? It's okay if you do. And Cody doesn't hate her. He doesn't think he does. Maybe even though he did want some time to hate her, but not right now, not when she's asking because he thinks that she wants him to hate her. She would be so satisfied if she knew. He doesn't want to admit it because she would love it. But no, Cody's blaming Christine for destroying the big picture. I nearly keeled over when he said that. That is the devastating part of this for him. She destroyed the big picture of the family. Robin's big picture. And and it took me back to their therapy session with Nancy in Galveston, Texas on their wedding anniversary. Stacking rocks. <laughs> yes, the stacking rocks exercise where all Christine wanted to get across to him was that the only thing in the world that she wanted was for him to see their relationship as an individual relationship, not as this big part of the family, which is the only way he would ever talk about their relationship, this small piece of a bigger thing. And he still doesn't get it. This is literally why you got divorced. And how interesting it is that Cody's able to ignore all of his terrible behavior and his input that made the relationship so bad. He's able to overlook all of that and miss out on, oh, all the good things that it could have been. What a shame. Well, the real issue here is that Christine is acting like her life is amazing now. It's better than it's ever been since she left. Well, it kind of has. It is, right? It has gotten better. But that's like Cody feels like she's just rubbing it in. Cody's getting a little jealous. A little what bit. is freedom like? Yeah, what is that? The most bizarre part of this conversation is when he suggests that they do post-breakup counseling, which I guess is kind of like marriage counseling, but too late. Or something. Yeah, he was like, I don't know, grief counseling, whatever you want to call it. But please, can you manage your own emotions, sir? Can you just work through that on your own and process that without taking out every emotion on everyone else around you? Can we try that for a little bit? Maybe we should try to deal with the anger thing first. As part of that, yeah, because it's just, it's him lashing out because he's not sorting through other emotions. This is in no way Cody's idea, right? This has to be Robin's idea for them to go to counseling. Yeah, because Robin's down to do counseling with anybody, anytime, anywhere. You just name the place, she'll be there. And say nothing, because didn't she like never talk in their counseling sessions with Nancy? There were some weird therapy sessions where Robin didn't say shit. (laughs) 
Remember when she played sick when they first met Nancy because she didn't want to participate in the activity anymore? Yeah, that was in Arizona. They did one group activity and she was like, that's enough for me. I think I'm (laughs) coming down with something. But that's okay. I guess Cody and Robin didn't really love Nancy, but she's not a factor here because Christine is back in Utah and that means they can see their very old therapist, Pat. Delicious. (laughs) Pat. (laughs) Never forget that woman. Remember, she is the one that Cody preferred because he didn't like that Nancy held him accountable and Pat didn't. And he kind of liked that better. Pat's cool. Yeah, he likes Pat. (laughs) Which I guess explains why they made so little progress with Pat that they needed to see Nancy for so long. Oh, yeah. And Christine isn't surprised that Cody's talking about maybe we should go do therapy because he's been saying that for years before they divorced. They're never going to go to therapy. She already knows that. One of the saddest parts of this episode, in my opinion, is when Christine is recalling the past and she talks about how pathetic she was in that she would have done anything to make Cody happy. That is all she wanted in this world. She would do literally anything for him, but not anymore. But sir, I won't do that. See, that used to be Cody's song to Mary, but now it's Christine's song to Cody. No, thank you, daddy. The meatloaf. Strikes again. That was the song that you were referencing, was it not, Carly? Did you oh, not pick up on that? I just, I don't know. I just left my body for a moment. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> her goal at this point is for them to just be friends. That seems like a big word, doesn't it? Even though I guess he says that he's friends with Mary, and that's not really what Mary would qualify as a friendship either. Well, yeah, because Mary was like, I think you have to talk to count as friends. I'm pretty sure that's one of the basic principles of friendship. Well, maybe this family just needs to come together and define what the word friend means. How do we friend? Is this possible to friend after divorce? Cody says no, because he is immediately turned off by that idea. He cannot stand her company. There is no way he's going to put the label friendship on this. And I love how he is complaining about how he'll never enjoy Christine's company no more. He will not enjoy being around her while he has his spaghetti hair muddled on the tippy top of his forehead in just a complete wreck and a mess. You know how usually when people see their ex, they try to look their best just as like some form of revenge. That was not happening here. Cody did not get that memo. That is enough. Neither of these people want to be here talking to each other anymore. So Christine tries to wrap things up by thanking him for meeting with her. And I guess accepting to pay the bill because Cody just gets up and leaves. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think by Christine thanking him, it was just her verbalizing that she's thankful that she's no longer married to this nut job anymore. (laughs) Thank you. Come again. Robin. Robin, Robin, Robin shows up again. The one who doesn't want to cast judgment. Isn't this the second episode in a row in which she has stated that and then proceeds to cast judgment? She's two for two. She doesn't mean to cast judgment, but she will. She doesn't see all these deal breakers. These deal breakers in this relationship between Christine and Cody didn't seem that bad to Robin. Um, This man didn't want to sleep with our freaky bitch anymore. Also, that's not your relationship. So... You don't have to see the deal breakers. Christine just has to say, hey, this isn't working for me. And that's it. You don't need to insert your opinion into that situation. You're right. She is a completely separate entity from yourself and can have a different set of qualifications for what she expects from a spouse. 
it's great to know that you would let Cody treat you like shit for an extended period of time because you're probably about to go through that. Because once he's out of other wives to blame everything on, your life's going to be pretty rough. Buckle up. She's about to get flipping whiplash, as she would say. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It is Thanksgiving. Thank God. Thanksgiving 2021. Oh, no. Yeah. We have finally made it here. And for the second year in a row, the family is not spending it all together. We got Janelle in North Carolina. She's hanging out with Maddie and Caleb in their new house, <laughs> which was hilarious because it feels like they've been living in it for years because they have. Well, they have. Yeah. <laughs> for us to know that now. Yes. It was new at the time. She's also got Hunter there, Savannah, and of course, Isabel, who is living with Maddie and Caleb. Well, I just liked how this segment started off. I thought it was a Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails for a second. <laughs> I got a little concerned, but I wasn't sure. But then we just end up with Cody blabbing at us. But look at the uncensored artwork behind him in the room. I don't know why they had to censor it for the trailer, but then they just let it go raw dog for the episodes here. Very perplexing. It's also they not that, very unique art. Yeah, it wasn't very racy artwork either. It was like a lavender field and then the Book of Mormon. So there you go. Spicy stuff. And we got a pretty good look at the artwork because we were zoomed in. It was There was a close-up that was taking place, let me tell you. Wow. We've been trying to figure out what's been going on with the footage that we've been receiving so far this season. We know we haven't been in the Shira Chateau aside from this very short self-shot rant from Cody. And everybody has their theories on why the film crew isn't allowed in Robin's house. But I think it's just the simplest answers. They were probably like, here, go ahead and self-shoot. And Cody was like, don't worry, I got it. <laughs> and so then he grabs his phone and he's holding it vertical, portrait mode, for the entire day. Which he definitely did, because later on, he does it when he takes a to get her ears pierced. Yes, he absolutely does. So this tracks. They probably had that entire day's footage all vertical, and they were like, we can't use any of this. <laughs> because what's happening is they have to zoom in on that shot to fill the frame, because it's horizontal widescreen. 
That's why his face kept getting closer to us. So he just gets punched in. And then they're trying to hide jump cuts as they're cutting around what he's saying to the camera. So then they're zooming in more. It's just, it's too much. Well, that's where we leave Cody in the Shira Chateau, spending time with people who aren't disturbed by him, which is very few people left in the world at this point. Did you like that Christine had to mention that she's going to have Thanksgiving with Aspen and Mitch because they make delicious food? Which implies that Robin does not make delicious food, which has always been my assumption. <laughs> well, she wasn't going to spend any time at Robin's house ever anyway. No, she was not planning on doing that at all. But she makes delicious food, Christine, because we know the famous rolls. They make an appearance this episode. Janelle is cooking them all the way in North Carolina, and they somehow find the time to get on a video call and FaceTime her through the instructions. So Christine is walking Janelle through the rolls recipe via FaceTime. MVP moment right here. And Janelle's kind of confused because she was really happy at this Thanksgiving. She enjoyed it. And that is kind of making her feel like maybe she's guilty because she liked it too much. This is kind of a sad thing to not be able to feel joy without remorse (laughs) at the same time. I think maybe it indicates that uh, we're coming towards the end of a relationship here. Yeah, that's probably a problem. It's not good. But you know what will be good? Maddie's turkey. Did you see what she was doing? She was doing the technique. She had the butter under the skin. Under the skin. The olive oil on top of the skin. On the outside. That is the correct way to make a turkey. That's how you get the crispy skin and the juicy meats. (laughs) Delicious. We don't have any footage of Robin making her famous turkey that Cody enjoyed because they reused footage from Thanksgiving 2020 and thought that none of us were going to notice that. Oh, you guys, you have no idea who you're dealing with. (laughs) This entire fandom has been waiting for a moment that we can see inside of Robin's home. And you thought that we wouldn't realize that this was something we've already seen? Very clearly, Thanksgiving 2020. Same seating arrangement. Everybody was wearing the same clothes. There was the same drink in front of Brianna. They could have showed us something from any other point in the day, maybe when they weren't sitting around the table, and it wouldn't have gotten picked up so easily. Maybe Robin thought it would be cool to have a time-lapse shot of the turkey cooking, but then she left her phone in the oven. (laughs) And then it was subsequently destroyed. We're starting to segue the episode now into some serious shit where the first thing we hear from Christine is that there's still hurt feelings from 12 years ago when Robin and her kids integrated into the family. And they're kind of hitting what we would call a breaking point. But Cody wants to reassure us this was not caused by Robin. In fact, this whole separation, the downfall of the family, It actually goes back to their decision to go public, which was something they decided to do before they ever even met Robin. So it could by no means be related to her. I think it might have something to do with Robin. (laughs) I get a sneaking suspicion. But all that matters to Robin is that her kids feel so much rejection and so much heartache from all this. That's all that matters. Everything about the families being apart, we're acting like bitter enemies. Nobody's friends. We're not family. You're all a bunch of meanie doo-doo heads. Just one rejection after another. Her kids can't handle it anymore. Robin can't handle it anymore. That too. 
Don't you think, though, that them going public actually caused them to stay together longer than they naturally would have if they hadn't had the pressure of being on television and trying to live up to this whole story that they've been crafting from the beginning, which is that polygamy works? I think it gave them a couple million reasons to stay together. (laughs) There you go. That's the truth of it. Along the way here. So now Christine is recovering from Thanksgiving at Aspen and Mitch's. And Payton is coming over into town because he lives in St. George. Gross. Yuck. (laughs) Ew. And he wants some TV time. Gross. Yuck. Ew. And he's making mock tapioca pudding, you guys. And we know from personal experience (laughs) that Payton can talk about mock tapioca pudding for 10 to 15 minutes straight. (laughs) The PTSD I had when I saw that they were making (laughs) I was flinching. I had flashbacks. I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, my God. It's going to be a 20-minute long explanation of mock tapioca pudding, what it is, that Christine doesn't like it, the entire recipe. Is this a meal? Is this a proper meal? Mock tapioca pudding. Mock tapioca pudding. I don't know. All I can tell you is we have seen the recipe and it is... It's a lot of dairy. It is overwhelming. It's a lot of milk. Because it is not broken down into the amount that you would make for an average family size. And just the pure amount of ingredients makes me want to bomb. So recipes aside, what's the hot goss? Yeah, apparently Peyton was invited here today... Just to be a yenta with Christine. Just to talk some shit, you know, stir the pot while we're stirring the pot, you know? So she starts telling him about the meeting that she had with Cody, the business meeting at Salsa Brava, and how she wishes that the kids could just have a better relationship with him, even though she knows it's probably never going to happen. That's what she's going to keep telling her kids. I wish things were better for you. I know they aren't, but I wish they were. They're getting better for me personally. Because I'm choosing to not try to have a relationship with Cody anymore. So you can take that information and do what you like with it. Then she tells him about Cody and Robin getting COVID. Because somehow this is still only about a month after they had it. And she tells him they got sicker than most people get. And he starts talking some shit and mentions that Cody had asked Christine, not to go to Grandma Cheryl's funeral. He said Grandma's funeral, which we can only assume at this point was Grandma Cheryl's funeral, who was Janelle's mom who passed away in 2020, right before Christmas. Remember, she was going to ruin Robin's family Christmas. So I think that was like the point of him bringing this up, too, was like they're not spending Christmas together this year. Cody has chosen Robin's family, we find out a little bit later in this conversation. And last year... It seemed like it might have also come down to that ultimately because people decided to go to this funeral. It was pretty close. Well, I like that Cody was still able to go to that funeral, but he was asking Christine not to go. Oh, he can also officiate a wedding in the middle of COVID. That's okay because he's indestructible. And he can't pass COVID to other people. Right. Not spreadable through the father. But I have to check and see what report that was because I don't think it's accurate. Peyton's spilling the tea, though, because he's like, look, this is the situation. The kids have chosen sides. We have all chosen mom's side, both Christine's kids and Janelle's kids. So this is where we hear about this ridiculous scenario about how Cody's been choosing Robin's family because the older kids all refused to do 
a Zoom call, an impromptu Zoom call, which apparently was just a whole situation that was blown out of proportion, according to a lot of the parents. But can we talk about that a little bit more? Because we just kind of glossed over it at first, and it was like, excuse me, please back up and repeat with more information. I need so much more detail on this. So what happened is Logan started a text thread with all the siblings asking if they wanted to participate in a sibling gift exchange for Christmas. Tis the season. So some of the kids go, great, yeah, that's an awesome idea. Let's tell the parents. Why? Why? You already had dad involved. Logan started the text chain. We don't need anybody else. Nobody else. He's going to make sure everybody's involved. You know that it was one of Robin's girls. They definitely were like, I got to ask mom. They weren't. No, they were in the same room with Robin and they saw they got a text from Logan and they were like, mom, look at this text. And then she was like, send it to me. I want to I want to be part of it. I want to see what everyone's saying. Forward it to me. (laughs) So then once Robin gets looped in on it, then it's let's jump on a Zoom call because it's hard to text. I can't read that fast. Even though 20 people on a Zoom call, not going to be that productive. Anyone who did a Zoom call during the holidays with your family over COVID knows that it is the worst possible idea when there are more than, what, four or five people participating? Everyone's talking at the same time. You can't hear shit. There's background noise. And at first, on first viewing... You could have mistaken this as, oh, Robin was asking them to do a Zoom call for the gift exchange at Christmas time. Maybe that was it. That is what I thought was happening. Incorrect. And I was like, totally reasonable. Janelle has to clarify, look, the kids all enjoy jumping on Zoom calls, even though they actually secretly hate it, just like the rest of us. But (laughs) they just can't drop everything that they're doing and all simultaneously, 15 to 20 of them jump on to a Zoom call. Robin doesn't understand that because she is not doing anything all day. She doesn't understand. You want to jump on a Zoom call? You just jump on a Zoom call. What else is going on? Nothing. You do everything on a whim. You can't possibly be at work or taking care of one of your children. Nobody's going to school. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's busy. But that's what Janelle's trying to say. Can we schedule a time that works for everybody. And Robin took this as a personal attack and a personal slight against her and her children, which then she starts airing grievances from 12 years ago when she first joined the family. Right away, she used this to pull the victim card, which, you know, we usually talk about Mary being the victim in all scenarios. Robin is just as bad. And that's what she did here. It was so passive aggressive when she was trying to get them on the call and said, my kids don't even remember who their siblings are now. Those are shots fired in this family when we know the kids have been begging to get together and see one another, but they've been told that they cannot do that because they need to follow all of these rules. I know Gabe and Garrison should have been like, well, I don't remember who my dad is, so can I see him? Can we work on that a little bit? Because I liked Hunter's response. Look, one Zoom call ain't going to fix that. You That sounds like a mom and child situation that needs to take place. Because I love how in polygamy and in Cody's view of polygamy, he's upset with Christine and Janelle 
for not fostering the relationship between their children and their dad. So why is Robin allowing her children to lose the relationship with their siblings? Isn't the mom responsible for that in polygamy? Well, I guess here she is. She's trying to get them to do something about it, and they just won't work with her on it. It's an exercise in futility. (laughs) Then it just blows up. Everyone is airing their grievances. This is all the hurt feelings 12 years ago. Grudges, heartbreak. It's all the shit that we're here for. But I need screenshots. Show me. The way I wanted the text to pop up on the screen, like in I Love You Now Die. (laughs) That would have been the way to do it, to just have all of those text chains just popping up in real time. I wanted to read, TLC. What else did I love? Robin refers to it as a squabble between her kids and the other kids. And she's complaining about being an outsider and separated from this family. There were also conversations about the hurt feelings from when Robin came into the family. Remember when we were told that they had successfully integrated their families together? Yeah, we were done with that merge. The merger has closed. Apparently not so successful because... Didn't take. (laughs) Didn't take. (laughs) They're still complaining about it to this day. And Janelle's not sure if they're ever going to come back from some of the things that were said. And I liked how Cody the patriarch remained completely silent on the chain the whole time. Knew it was happening, but did not jump in. Did not correct. Did not interject. That was what told me... That what this actually was, was Robin and her kids complaining to everyone about what victims they've been of how they've been unfairly treated. And that's the shit for me, is to pretend like you're over things, you're past things, you're fine with things. And then at the drop of a hat, at the first sign of any other issue, you're going to immediately devolve to victim mode from shit that was resolved 10 fucking years ago. I think Cody said nothing because he wanted to see Robin's kids and Robin confront everyone about this because he thinks he has been gaslit into believing that they have been victimized. I think he was just being stoic. (laughs) (laughs) Like an idiot. Then Robin cries on the couch about how it's been like this since the beginning. And now her kids aren't comfortable to be involved in this gift exchange. So they are removing themselves. They have been geared up to feel excluded this entire time. Robin has been hardwiring these kids throughout quarantine. Remember the whole conversation before Christmas last year, the holidays last year? Oh, I don't think people want to see you. (laughs) Yeah, where she sat them down about Thanksgiving and then basically told them that Nobody cared about them enough to come spend Thanksgiving with them. Nobody's following the rules. Dad gave the rules, but nobody's going to do that. And then Aurora's like, oh, because they don't want to see us. And Robin's like, oh, well, well, (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. This is just another reaffirmation that Robin and her children are the outsiders. Wow. So this is where Christine is dreading. There's probably a permanent separation that we are on the precipice of. But she's just going to keep telling her kids, well, we'll keep working on it. Hope for the best. We'll see what happens. But she knows this is probably, it's not looking too good at this point. But I did like her hot take. 
that Robin has never lived plural marriage by her definition. So that was pretty good to include that in there. Well, that's true. We've all been saying it for a very long time now. So thank you for joining the rest of us here, Christine. Yeah, Robin's just a special blend of a monogapolygamist, (laughs) maybe. She almost takes it a step further, but then she stops herself. She was going to keep going. She was going to keep dumping it on. She's like, no, there's no point. There's no point. And then she reminds us she left Cody because he had a favorite wife and the kids saw it with their own eyes. She didn't need to tell them. No, it's hard to hide a favorite wife in a polygamist family. It's on display right now. So if you're wondering why we have to watch Rora get her ears pierced, that was the lead in to this segment. That's teeing it up here. So the holidays were kind of a bust, but Cody is excited for this huge milestone for Rora to go get her ears pierced. And we get so much history. Apparently, this is a controversial thing to do in their family. The family's stance and everybody had their own hot take on what was acceptable to punch holes in your ears and hang pieces of metal from them. Early on as a family, they decided they would not have piercings. So Janelle had to take her earrings out. Then Christine, poor Christine joined this family with not one, but two piercings in each ear. on each. What a harlot. Holes out the wazoo. So everyone took their earrings out because that's what Cody desired. Until Robin joined the family. And she just didn't want to take her earrings out because she likes them. So she gave Cody an impossible task. Be jolly from Thanksgiving through New Year's, and I will take these earrings out. She would grant him with the gift of virgin ears, never to be violated by earrings again. (laughs) Her re-tenderized earlobes. But no, Cody wasn't able to hold up his end of the deal because clearly she's wearing earrings on the couch while she's talking about this. Well, it also helped that they started selling earrings when they started My Sister Wife's Closet. So once he realized he could profit off of them. Oh, this was going to be a moving item, a fast mover for them. That changed his whole mind on the topic. I think I might loosen up. I might be coming around to this whole earring thing. So get ready to be shocked. But this is the first time that Cody has taken one of his children to get their ears pierced. I don't think he knows which daughters have their ears pierced. No, I don't think he could tell you. Not at all. He's also never bought them earrings as a gift. But it's great that this is such a big milestone that he's able to be involved with Aurora for her first experience in the piercing world. Well, the important part of this, Corey, is that Aurora wasn't going to get her ears pierced out of respect for Cody. Which I don't like that. But then they had some discussions about it, and now he's changed his mind on the topic. So she has decided that she will, in fact, go ahead and do it. Well, and it was such a magical moment for Robin. She went with her dad when she was a teenager. So now Rora gets to go with Cody. Because Robin pushed him to. But it's cute and it's fun and it's sweet and it's positive all through Cody's opinion and through his lens of what's happening here. I guess it would have been nice if this was something that he did for all of his daughters, maybe. Apparently, this wasn't an idea that Robin shared, though, to make a family tradition early enough for any of the other girls to participate. No, just what is going to benefit me? And maybe Isabel should have gone to a piercing pagoda for her <laughs> for her spinal surgery. As we all know, the technological advancements 
Claire's isn't going to be able to do it. You think they have an outpatient spinal surgery situation at a piercing pagoda <laughs> at a Claire's? Yeah, Claire's isn't going to do it. They're not going to do it. Man, the footage of this. So again, it's all shot vertically. Straight up and down. That's how Cody likes it. And of course, Robin made sure that she was on a video call for it because only Cody is allowed in because they're doing, you know, it's COVID. One person can come in with the person who's getting their ears pierced. Aurora is 18, so she could have gone in alone. No, she couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Robin wouldn't allow that. She picks the smallest little butterfly-shaped studs because she is still stunted at six years old. 240 months. (laughs) You think Robin picked those in advance? She went in, she looked, she browsed before. Yeah, she gave her the heads up of like, these are the ones that will not upset. Cody. Well, she was jonesing for an opportunity to go shopping. Just something with those sparkles. I need to see it. Is it sterling silver? <laughs> yeah, why did they buy earrings? They could have just melted something down for the My Sister Wife's Closet collection and used that. I don't know. Yeah, Mary was talking about how she's allergic to metal. I think that was just an excuse she came up with. <laughs> she never had to wear of, any of their jewelry. I don't want to have to test any of this jewelry. I don't want to have to do it. I'm allergic to metal. It can't touch my skin. Just leave me out of it. (laughs) Well, I liked how they left it kind of open-ended there when they first introduced that Christine joined the family with four piercings. And it was like... I know. It's like, where? Do we get get a map? (laughs) (laughs) Do we get to guess? One, two, three, four. Oh, my. But she's not the only one who had... Well, I guess hers weren't secret piercings. But we find out the big reveal because Cody's on the top of the world. As he comes out of this piercing pagoda. We need to stop calling it the piercing pagoda. It's like a piercing parlor. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He is on top of the world. He is so high off of doing something with one of his children and getting credit for it from one of his wives. And Robin did all the work, by the way. Yeah, he literally just drove them. He just showed up. And walked in. That was it. sat down. It turns out Cody's a little hypocrite because he had his ears pierced as a sophomore In high school. On a dare. Well, allegedly a dare. It was Cody kind of dared himself to do it, and then he blamed his sister for it, which is a very Michael Scott thing to do indeed. But it only lasted 72 hours. Got it done on Friday night, wore it to school, Monday morning, made his mother cry. That was the end of it. Let that hole close up, just like some some of the other holes he's let close up in this family. (laughs) Those are not the first holes that he's closed up. Thank God we're done with that. (laughs) Moral of the story, Cody is a deadbeat father to any child who is not born to Robin. This is true. Huge sidebar. There were some viewers who were pointing out the Clotta ring on Rora's finger. Yes. And there were some weird ass fucking theories about that because everybody in the fandom seems to really be rooting for the fact that Cody is secretly married to Aurora and she is the next bride to be in the family. And that is what everybody wants. They want this weird daddy daughter relationship. I don't know what that says about the fandom, (laughs) but I will be the first one to tell you it's weird. Let's not root for that. The abuse of someone in that way. We make jokes. We make fun. We come up with storylines too. That one's fucking weird. Also, you literally just have to go back to season one, Robin and Cody's wedding. When they give Robin her Clotta ring, 
Christine gives us the backstory of the importance of the Clotter ring in this family and says, when the girls in the family turn a certain age, we give them a Clotter ring. And Tony, when he joined the family, he's the only guy who's ever got a Clotter ring. (laughs) That doesn't mean he's going to marry Cody. Just to make that abundantly clear. (laughs) It's pretty clear that it seems to be a purity ring, which makes 100% sense to be something on one of Robin's daughter's fingers. So just wanted to call that out. Go ahead and hit pause on any of those storylines that anybody's trying to circulate. It's fucking weird. Knock that shit out. Back at Janelle's apartment, Christine is here to visit again. There is something to build. I feel like Janelle just piles these things up into the corner until it's time for Christine to come for a visit. And then she's like, oh, do you want to come help me with this? Because I have a bookshelf and a a pre-lit Christmas tree that I need to get set up. But Christine's getting pretty handy here. Not handsy, just handy. Well, she's had a lot of experience since she moved into her own apartment. She's well-versed. So Christine asks Janelle, are you thinking about going to Maddie's for Thanksgiving again next year? Which is such a leading question designed to get an answer on what the current relationship is in the family. Because who the hell is thinking about next Thanksgiving right after Thanksgiving? We haven't even had Christmas yet. No one. Nobody. And Janelle's like, I I don't really, I don't know what's going to happen. I take things day by day. (laughs) More like hour by hour, minute by minute. And sometimes second by second. She just needs R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect from Cody, because she's been stuck in the middle between him and her boys. And Janelle's biggest selling point with Cody was always that he was a great dad. And now that communication broke down with her boys, the favoritism is abundantly clear. Could it be any clearer than in this episode? Man, let me tell you. I know everybody was complaining that the piercing parlor was completely out of nowhere but it fits with the theme i mean he literally forgot it was gabe's birthday a month ago and now he's running off with roar to get her ears pierced but look cody hates this he'll be the first one to tell you that he blames his adult children for the lack of the relationship between him and them these relationships go two ways the two-way street man narcissists love throwing that one out there it is a two-way street and when you're demanding undying, unwavering loyalty and respect with absolutely zero reciprocity on that, that doesn't work. That's not a relationship because relationships are two-way. You need to respect the people that you're in a relationship with too. Also, some of these kids are literally still kids and the adult children are just barely adults. Yeah, what, did Truly sign a lease somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) When did she become an adult? I missed it. Mary's just wishing that Cody would have more compassion and not draw such a hard line. Kind of like he did with her. Then we get the whole thing about how it was so difficult to have a blended family with Robin joining the family. They were a polygamist family, so that made it even more complicated, more difficult. Who cares? I thought we were over this 12 years ago, but then Robin just keeps bringing it up every time she gets hurt about something. Well, Janelle is starting to suspect Maybe they missed something. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh a lot. Maybe we missed something. Maybe. But that's what Christine has to send McKelty over. She's like, I need answers. And McKelty's been talking to Robin and Robin's kids. And there's been a lot of hurt villains that are talked about there. No kidding. Robin complains in this segment about how there were some people who were willing to make adjustments and be welcoming. And there were many that were not. 
Many were children, children who had a family that they were born into. They always knew these three moms to be their moms. And one day, you just showed up 10 years younger than everyone else with a baggage of three kids to take care of. And crapping out two more along the way. (laughs) And at the same time, their entire lives changed. You came into the family. They had to move to another state, go to different schools. This is a rough time for everyone, not just you, Robin. In fact, you made out the best of everyone. So far. But I think it's time to pay the piper very soon. But how many sister wives does it take to assemble a tree? This size tree, I think we probably could have gone with one. It is such a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. This is such a Janelle purchase, though, where she was like, I don't know, eight foot. I don't know, you guys. Six foot? Maybe not. How about the four foot? (laughs) It looked deceivingly better, like much bigger in the shot where she's sitting on the couch. I almost feel like maybe she swaps it out. Maybe she realizes how small it is, and then she's like, yeah, I should probably get a bigger one. I don't know. If that's what it looks like once she decorated it, I got to say, pretty impressed. We'll have to double check, because next week, it looks like that's going to be- We'll get to see it a lot. That'll be, yeah, a scene to behold. So Christine's still digging here in this conversation. She's like, well, um, this might be a little too personal, but so how are you and Cody? That's what I've been trying to ask the entire time I've been here. You good? Blink twice (laughs) if you need me (laughs) to call someone. I was like, hell no, it's not good. Well, it's nice when he's not around. The dogs get to sit on the couch. I don't have this crushing sense of distress about me. Despair about my life? (laughs) Just, yeah. I'm not constantly tormented. In fact, they're in such dire straits that they're not even sure if they want to keep working on things. She's not going to try to repair a relationship with someone post-children when she doesn't even see things in common with them anymore. And in fact, she's starting to question if she even knows who this guy is. Look, after all the kids, it's just going to be Janelle and Cody. I don't like the sound of that. It's not sounding like a very sweet deal right now. So... I don't think it's worth it. I don't know if I want to go through all the struggle and the turmoil to try and make things better and fix this. Fix what? It's a mess. It's already broken. And everybody's angry, right? (laughs) Everybody's angry. Right? Yeah, right? (laughs) Christine's outside (laughs) perspective of that. Yeah, it's not my problem anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that too. I think that this was finally about the time where Janelle subscribes to the idea that Gabe realized in her driveway during COVID is that if there is no more COVID, if there's no more threat of COVID and we stay separated, then it wasn't about COVID in the first place. And I think a lot of Janelle's kids are starting to realize that and feel that. And that's what they're getting upset about. So whenever that magnifying glass is brought out and saying Robin and her children our favorites, and are receiving special treatment and favoritism, that's when they have to resort to, you never accepted us, you never loved us, we're the ones hurt by all of this, not you, because they have to discount the real emotions that Gabe and Garrison are feeling at that time, and all of Janelle's kids, of the exclusion that's happening. Apparently nobody else aside from Robin and her children are allowed to express negative emotions. Well, and if you do then Robin will tell you how you have done worse to them. And so actually 
your emotions don't mean much. It only means something in the context and framework next to what my emotions are. From our empath, Robin Brown. In fact, Cody's getting angrier and angrier. Angrier than he's ever been. I know, Christine's like, you're saying he's getting worse? How could it get worse? (laughs) He's getting worse than he was when I left? Man, she's like, I made the right call at the right time. She sold high, for sure. And even though the rest of her life seems like a mess right now, Janelle's still got a relationship with her kids and a relationship with Christine. And they're the same as they've always been. Those are the steadies in her life. And look, Cody and Janelle weren't in a great spot going into COVID. So we're not even sure what this is going to look like moving forward. And that is where we leave the family this episode. Next episode, Cody vents to his friends about his ongoing anger over his divorce. It's basically just Cody blaming Janelle for everything. And then, man, we got to see a little bit more of the fight that was in the trailer. And it's even worse than what we already saw. Janelle's sons are still not talking to Cody, and the divided family may celebrate another holiday separately. A discussion about Christmas blows up into the worst fight Janelle and Cody have ever had. On camera. (laughs) (laughs) Good disclaimer. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.